Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we have an extra special treat for you. David Friedman, former U.S. Ambassador to Israel under President Donald Trump, is here to talk to us about an important new film he's been working on with Mike Pompeo that will enable your family to trace the steps of Abraham, Jacob, and Jesus on Israel's Route 60. David is a Nobel Prize nominee and National Security Medal recipient for his efforts in securing the historic Abraham Accords. He's the best-selling author of Sledgehammer, How Breaking with the Past Brought Peace to the Middle East. He's here today to tell us all about the film that premieres exclusively in theaters Monday, September 18th, and will also be shown Tuesday, September 19th. It's hard to overstate the impact this film will have on your entire family, so I encourage you to secure your tickets and make your plans to go see it while you have the chance. You can get your tickets now at Route60.movie. Now, I'm very honored to welcome Ambassador David Friedman to the podcast to share incredible stories and insights about the Holy Land and all the history and importance surrounding Route 60. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey there, David. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I am so glad that you're here today. Thanks, Leslie. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm very excited about the new project that you guys have been working on, and I'm eager to let our families know more about it. Before we dive in, though, to talking about Route 60, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why this was such an important project for you? Sure. Well, you know, I go away, you know, going back to my uh, my my earliest days. I'm the son of a of a rabbi. My father was a pulpit rabbi for about fifty years, and went to a school where we studied the Bible every day in Hebrew. And so, you know, I have uh, I have plenty more to learn, but I have a uh, you know a, a love of of studying the Bible, and uh, and it's meant something to me for many many years. I. I had my bar mitzvah at the Western Wall in Jerusalem in 1971, and ever since then I've been traveling to Israel and in particular to Jerusalem for you know, probably every year or so. And then in 2017, I had the privilege of becoming the United States ambassador to Israel. So we moved there, and we lived there for four years where I was the U.S. representative of the United States and of the president and whatever diplomatic efforts we we engaged in. And, and that's where I I would. I think the, the the thought came into my head that you know biblical Israel is what I found is that biblical Israel is very much neglected. You know, in the big picture, you know, biblical Israel is largely this area that is between what's referred to as the Green Line and the Jordan River. It's it's referred to uh, by the world as the West Bank, although it's not a very good descriptive word for it. Theologically, we refer to it as Judea and Samaria. Most most Israelis refer to it as Judea and Samaria. Those are the biblical phrases for this area, and this this territory is really the heartland of the Bible. You know, it's really where the prophets preached. It's where the kings ruled. It's where Solomon built the temple. It's where all the great prophecies were received. It's where Jesus walked. It means a lot to people of both the Jewish and Christian faiths, and 
it doesn't get the attention it deserves because it's also enmeshed in a political dispute and a dispute between Israelis and Palestinians. And the and in that dispute really subsumes all of the energy and all of the inquiry into this area. So, you know, people speak about the area in terms of its security implications. They speak about it in terms of its demographic implications. But, you know, to my thinking, they really bury the lead. The, the lead is that this territory is is sanctified by God. It is it is an area of enormous biblical and historical importance. We'll get into what you know what happened there you know, during our conversation. But what I what I realized is that you know the the important the, the critical you know sanctity of this land is being ignored in favor in favor of more mundane discussions. I want people to really understand what happened here, and so that was the genesis of it. And I you know reached out to to my friends at, at, at the Trinity Broadcast Network, who I'd done some projects with, and I wanted it to be uh, presented from the perspective of both uh, a Jewish perspective, which is my perspective, as well as a Christian perspective. So I wanted to find a, a Christian partner to work this with me. And we approached my friend Mike Pompeo, who was the Secretary of State serving uh, in the Trump administration when I was the ambassador, and he generously agreed uh, to, to make his make himself available. And, and we put this film together. And that, that's sort of how it came to be. That's fantastic. I, I've watched the trailer. We have a link, actually. We'll be watching the film on Monday night. But it looks like just the cinematography, the storytelling, it's just beautiful. What was it that, that as you all were putting this together, led you to, to actually approach the story the way that you did? Well, you know, the facts really presented themselves to us in, in a very organized and compelling way. You know, there, there is there is a road in Israel. It's now called Route 60. That that number doesn't mean very much. It just happens to be the road number called Route 60. But, you know, 3,000 years ago and 2,000 years ago, long before it was paved over with asphalt, with, with lane markers, that road existed. And this was the road that people within biblical Israel came to the temple. The temple was in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is about the midpoint of this road. It runs north to south. And so, you know, you start at the north in Nazareth, you end at the south in Beersheba. Right in the middle is Jerusalem. And, you know, pilgrims uh, of ancient times, they're commanded by God in the in the book of Deuteronomy to, to come three times a year. There's three major Jewish festivals where you, you're commanded to come to the temple in Jerusalem. And this is the road they walked. They walked south from Nazareth, north from Beersheba. And we we, we saw this road and said, this is a, a perfect platform to demonstrate, you know, from place to place, all of the great history that took place along this road, you know, that as, as mentioned in the Bible. We, we don't veer from the biblical narrative, you know. Uh, we go from place to place and we intersperse biblical text to support the stories that, w- that we bring out because, you know, we're not making this stuff up. It's all it's all events that are in episodes that are you know laid out in in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, you know, our family went to Israel together in 2019, and I was amazed at how just seeing the places and getting the the context, even the distances, made the Bible come alive to both us and our children in a very powerful way. Are you able to give kind of context, spatial context and stuff like that as you are going through, you know, down the route there? Well, that well, that was our goal. I mean, you know, and, and I think your your point is is exactly the the motivation that, that we had. You know, look, 
you know, I've been studying the Bible since I was a kid, and I and I know lots of people do, and it, and I encourage people to do that because it's it's a very very important uh, text, and you know, uh, thank God to this day it still sells. I think. 2,500 copies an hour, you know, so it has retained its its significance and its importance, but there is nothing like being there. And, and I'll tell you why, when, when you're there, when you're on the ground, and if you can't be on the ground, at least when you see it, hopefully through this film, it takes these stories that, that we base our, you know, we, that we set our moral compass around these stories. These are not just stories. These are stories that, you know, are inculcated with deep moral lessons so as we as we go to these places and see them, we we take these stories out of the realm of legend and myth, and we bring them into the world of truth, because we can show, you know, with with factually, you know, archaeologically, we can show that these 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 things really happened. These events really took place. These people really lived. Their lessons really endure, and I, I think that's uh, enormously powerful. And that that was the goal of the film. Well, that's the thing. When we were there for our kids and our kids were 13 to about 19 at the time when we took the trip, they were able to see even even different things that are mentioned in the Bible that aren't really part of the main narrative, the the outside things, the illustrations and so on. When you see them there, everything else that you've read, studied, learned takes on a whole different level of meaning. And it was it was life changing for us. And so we just, we've always been so grateful we were able to take them then. But since you have been studying Israel for your whole life, was there anything new that you were able to learn as you all really deep dived into this project? Well, well, the answer is yes. And, uh, I'll, and, and let me explain to you that, you know, a lot of the places we went to are, are, are not accessible to tourists because as I, as I, as I said at the beginning, this area is embroiled in a political dispute between Israelis and Palestinians. And that dispute, we don't get into the politics in the film. We try to stay out of politics in the film. But that dispute has, has rendered many of these places very hard to access. Look, the, the, the world at large, and I think the United States is, is an exception. It only became an exception under our administration. But the world at large denies the rights of the Jewish people to their biblical homeland. I mean, they believe that this territory that they view as the West Bank should not be occupied by Jewish people, even though clearly it was given to the Jewish people by God and, and the covenants he made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets. But nonetheless, because of this dispute and because of the violence that has, you know, encapsulated this dispute, a lot of these places are, are hard to access. So I'll give you one example. The altar of Joshua, right? When, when Joshua... Joshua takes over for Moses, right, on the on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Moses Moses wanted to bring, you know, he wanted to fulfill his task. He wanted he brought the Jewish nation out of Egypt, wanted to bring them into the promised land of Israel, but God would not let him bring them in, and, and Moses perished in Jordan in the mountains of Moab. Joshua takes the Jewish nation across the Jordan River. He fights his first battle is with uh, Jericho, where they prevail. His second battle, because of because uh, uh, one of the members of Joshua's army violated God's will, the second battle they lost. So now Joshua is, is, is thinking to himself, you know, he's starting to have his doubts. And what does he do? He, he goes to the side of the mountain of Abal, which is a very important biblical mountain, and he builds an altar. And he builds the altar in the way that God instructed, and he writes his own Ten Commandments, and he prays, and he reconnects with God. And, and my feeling is that this is really the place where Joshua 
went from being just a general to being a leader of the Jewish nation, where he really, you know, kind of came to understand it's not just about winning battles. It's also about doing it the right way with the right values and in the right manner. And so this altar, which is, you know, about 3000 years old, is still there on the side of this mountain. Now, there aren't any markers. There's not a sign that says Joshua's altar. There's not a there's not a road. There's not a snack bar. There's not a gift shop. I mean, there's nothing there. And, and it's not easy to get to, and it's in, it's in territory controlled by Palestinians. Um, you know, the Palestinians are not anxious to reinforce uh, Judeo-Christian history on this territory. So it, 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 it is hard to get to. We got there. We went there, and we, we bring this to life. And it's magnificent because it's on the downslope of a beautiful mountain looking into a valley. On the upslope of the next mountain is Mount Grizim. And Mount Grizim and Mount Ebal are, the, are these two mountains that God instructed the Jewish nation to, to come to when they came to Israel, and he, he placed the blessing on, on one mountain and the curses on the other. So it's, it's very, very significant biblical territory. I had never been there before, and I'd been everywhere. I thought I'd been everywhere. <laughs> so, so that's just one example of places that we, you know, we, we bring to life that would not be accessible to the, to the typical tourist. Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. That's amazing. How were you all, or how difficult, I guess, was it to orchestrate getting into those places, really getting safe passage into some of those areas that are not generally safe to go into? So that's the advantage of being a uh, being a former Secretary of State and being a former U.S. ambassador. So we had we had security details, we had armored vehicles, we had the cooperation of the. Israeli government of the Israeli Defense Forces. We had the American Embassy uh, providing security. So, yeah, we got we got things that most people don't get, and that's we wanted to take advantage of that to go places that are not typically visited by by the average tourist. That would be a particular place. Now, look, there, I'll give you like another example, which you know, take take Hebron. Right, Hebron is not off limits to tourists. It's not. You can you can go there. But most of your tour guides will, will not want to go there because to get to Hebron, you go through a road that passes through some very difficult areas. There's one area called uh, Fluara, where there have been terrorist attacks against Jewish people for the last six months. Some some very, very, very difficult you know terrorist attacks. People have been killed. So you could go there, but you know a lot of guys will advise you not to. Now, what what, what is Hebron? Hebron is the place. Look in the book of Genesis, the 23rd chapter of Genesis. Abraham's wife, Sarah, dies. He's looking for a place to bury her. He goes to this territory. He visits the owner of the land. He negotiates with him. He buys a burial place for his wife. He then is buried there himself uh, after he passes away, as is his son, uh, Isaac, his grandson, Jacob, his daughter-in-law, Rebecca, and and Jacob's wife, Leah. Uh, the three patriarchs and three of the four matriarchs. They're buried in this place. They're buried in this place, and there's a pavilion built around it by King Herod 2,000 years ago, which is still intact, which is one of the few, one of the few buildings from that, 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 that time that's still really fully intact. So you have to go in there. You have to stand at the tomb of Abraham. I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't get any more fundamental than that. I mean, Abraham is the father of, of, of monotheism, the father of Judaism, uh, you know, Christianity and, and, and Islam. So, you know, to go there is extraordinary. And, you know, I, I never met anybody who went there who didn't walk out of there feeling differently, you know, feeling closer to God, feeling more 
energized in their faith, feeling more confident about their faith. Right. And 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 it's and it's 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 all there on film. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. And really, just the more that you talk, the more eager I am to get <laughs> to the theaters and see this. It's it's just all of those things that we cannot access. That and for some families, they just won't be able to access Israel at all. But to be able to see them and presented the the storyline surrounding those spots is just really really powerful. But I wanted to ask you, why now? Why do you feel like it is so critical that you guys joined together and made this film right now? Well, look, I think I'll speak for myself, although I suspect Mike feels the same way. You know, this land is really the wellspring of the Judeo-Christian values that that I think, you know, made America, you know, the great nation that, that it became. And you know, and, and here's here's the proof, by the way, you know, you look at the Declaration of Independence, it, it, it changed the world. Why? Because the founders of America recognized for the first time that human beings are endowed by their creator with unalienable rights, that human rights don't come from the ruler. They don't come from the, the king. They don't come from the president. Human rights come from God. And because they come from God, that's what makes them unalienable. And they spoke of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, how did they know this? I mean, how did they come up with those rights, and how did they, you know, come to that view? Well, they did that by reading the Bible, right? These these, these rights, uh, you know, you know, you know, take take liberty, right? How how do we know liberty is a, an important value? You know, seventy five years before the Declaration of Independence, the Liberty Bell was was built, and it says on the on the Liberty Bell, proclaim liberty throughout the land. That's from the Book of Leviticus. Right. That's that's right out of that. That's a direct quote from the Bible. And, and and the word of God, you know, Isaiah tells us that the word of God, you know, comes from Jerusalem. You know, so this territory is is, is, is the wellspring. It's the wellspring of our values. And, you know, the further we, we, we get removed from it, you know, the more untethered we become from these values and from these messages and from this wisdom and from these stories and episodes you know, the, the more we lose our way. And I, you know, I, I feel that to some extent we, we are losing our way. We're, 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 we're becoming, you know, disconnected. Now, to me, you know, the best way to reconnect with, with, with the Bible and the values is to be on the ground where, where they were born. And so that's, that's the reason. I mean, it's to get people, you know, energized again, get their batteries recharged, get them understanding that the Bible is still relevant today. It really did happen. It really is true. These stories really are authentic. And that, you know, the values and the messages and the lessons that we learn from the Bible continue to be, you know, the greatest, you know, lessons that can lead us to, to meaningful, you know, uh, prosperous, successful, and moral lives. And, and I think it all comes, it all starts with, you know, being there and seeing the truth of, of biblical wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. That is, again, just, it, it's so impactful to see those things in in technicolor that have just been black and white in in our Bibles or that we've just heard the stories through the years. Um, and I'm so thankful that that you all are doing that and that this is available for us. So and you get you gave some of this, but what what really do you want as as Route 66 is coming to theaters for just a couple of nights? What do you want the families, those that attend to to really walk away from from this film with? Sure. So just I should just you know a minor correction. Route sixty six connects um, oh, the, the Midwest. <laughs> it connects the Midwest to California. Route sixty is uh, is this is, is what we're what we're showing. 
So what do I want people to, to take to take away from? I want them to I want them to to care about this territory. I want them to develop a sense that it is important for this territory, this land, to be open and accessible to people of faith, people to the Jewish and Christian faiths who derive so much of their biblical heritage from this territory. I want them to care about it and to care that it remains open and peaceful. I want them to uh, to see this and, and to be convinced, not as a matter of faith, but as a matter of fact, that the Bible is real, that the messages are true, that the events are are authentic and that they really happened and that we can, you know, we can comfortably have faith in, in our biblical lessons knowing, you know, that they're true, not that, not that they're myths. We're not reading, we're not reading the Iliad or the Odyssey or, you know, we're not reading about Homer or about the, you know, or about uh, Odysseus. <laughs> we're reading about events that actually happened that are true and that, you know, continue to be tremendously relevant to us today. And, for the the families who would be taking their children to actually see that and get those concrete black and white technicolor examples of what is real, what is true, what is tangible, what can be touched and seen even today is it will go so far in reinforcing their faith and giving them something rock solid to hold on to no matter what happens with the culture and everything else around them. Sure. Well, let me give you another example, Leslie, that I think your 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 audience will appreciate. You know, there's a lot of new stuff that gets that gets discovered every year because the archaeologists are constantly at work here trying to come up with more and more evidence of uh, of the authenticity of the Bible. So, about 15 years ago, you know, there was there was a there was a a leak, a pipe leaked in in Jerusalem, in the old city of Jerusalem, and they brought in plumbers and they dug, and you know, the plumbers brought in, you know as they have to in that area, they brought in, you know, the, the head of the Antiquities Authority, and they discovered something. And to fast forward to, to now, what they discovered were, were two really critical things. First, they discovered the Pool of Siloam, which is a, a massive Olympic-sized pool that pilgrims to the temple during the major festivals in ancient times used as a ritual bath, because they were coming from all over the country, and they were they were dusty and dirty, and they would jump in this pool to become purified. And this is the place where where, where, where in the New Testament, Jesus cured the, the blind man. And then from the pool, because they would go from the pool straight to the temple, and the temple was up the hill, there, there are these steps, about a kilometer worth of steps, fully intact original steps that were built by Pontius Pilate in the year 30 that go from the Pool of Siloam up to the temple so that people would, would not go back into the dust after they had purified themselves. Now, it's the only way to get from the pool to the temple in ancient times. It was built in the year 30. So if you were to ask yourself, what is the probability that Jesus walked these steps? Because we know that in that time period, he, he went to the temple, right? We know we know the stories uh, you know, about Jesus at the temple. What is the probability that Jesus coming from Nazareth would have gone into the pool and up these steps? The answer is 100%. There's no other way to get there. So we have this, we have this ability for people not just to go to a museum and to see, you know, a shard of glass or a piece of parchment, but to go and actually walk the steps of Jesus with certainty, you know, not, not as a matter of faith, but as a matter of fact. And I think that, you know, just another example of some of the, the majesty of, of this holy territory. Ah, oh, so, so incredible. 
David, I know that we are running low on time and your time is so valuable, but can you tell our families where can they find out more about Route 60? Where can they get tickets? You know, how long is it in theaters? Give them a little bit of details on the show itself, please. So it's it's a 92-minute film. You can get tickets by going to route60.movie. So it's R-O-U-T-E, the number 60, dot movie. When you go on that website, you can click on buy tickets. It will route, it will, it will give you um, a place to type in your zip code and then it will uh, route you to the theaters that are closest to where you live. From there, you can just click on buy tickets and you can buy tickets. You can select your seats at the theater and you can attend. Now it's in theaters on the evenings of September 18th and 19th. That's this Monday and Tuesday nights. If lots and lots and lots of people go, you know, maybe it'll get extended. If not, you know, it uh, we'll, we'll we'll find another way to, uh, to to get it out to the public, you know, on on other platforms. But I have to tell you, having seen it uh, this past week in a, in a theater, it's amazing because on a big screen, when you see these mountains and you see these vistas, it's really like nothing else. It doesn't compare to watch it on a on a TV screen. So. I encourage everybody to go to the theaters and watch it and to bring their families. I think it'll be a great point of of discussion among families, you know, after they have a chance to watch it. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for spending your time with us today. I really, really appreciate your taking the time out for it. Well, Leslie, thank you. I appreciate uh, having the opportunity. And I I hope that uh, those of your listeners who have a chance to watch this movie really, really gain from it. And again, have the opportunity to re-energize their faith in 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 an important way. Yeah, absolutely. To the rest of you that are watching or that are listening in today, I hope that this has been an challenge for you and really, really exciting. And I hope that you'll rush right out, get your tickets, make your plans to go see this as a family. I can't overstate the benefit that it will be for you guys to watch this with your kids, giving them more evidence, more solid things to base their faith on by seeing exactly what's there. It will change their life. It will give them give you all so much more to talk about. I promise you, you will be glad you did. So go to route60.movie, learn more, get your tickets. Let's just flood the theaters with families so that they are forced to extend it and we can tell others to go see it as well. Have a great rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, You'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.